Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Kuram Hilal, Standard Chartered's Bank, CEO of Global Islamic Banking, describes Islamic and sustainable finance as a match made in heaven. In today's episode, Kuram walks us through why he thinks this sector is ripe for the picking and share with us Standard Chartered's Islamic Sustainable Finance Strategy. My name is Winnie Tatan and this is IFM Podcast. So Kuram, there is a lot of talk about sustainability, ESG, SRI, and how this is the direction that the Islamic finance industry is taking. Where are we in this journey? Could you perhaps provide us with some context? Thanks, uh, Vinita. Very, very good question. So I think sustainability and Islamic finance, to me, you know, really are a match made in heaven. Really, I mean, uh, both Islamic finance and sustainability principles, if you really look at them, what is at the core? They reflect a desire among the customers to align their businesses, their financing, their, you know, investment decisions in line with their beliefs, in line with their personal values, in line with their faith, as you as, we, as you call it, right? So it's it's about moving from a mindset of maximizing profits to a mindset of profits with purpose. I mean, that's that's you know what it is to me when we talk about putting Islamic finance and sustainability together. It is about making sure that you know not not only are we not doing any harm. But rather, we are actually using capital um, as a force for good, as a force for good in the larger so- society. So I think I think awareness is certainly gaining momentum. Uh, you see a lot of discussions happening at various industry forums. So that's great. Um, you see a number of initiatives being taken by regulators, by by Islamic banks. Um, you know, in the in the form of new structures, new products. Um, you see massive growth in the sustainability sukuks space. Um, you see an uh, you know an num- increasing number of asset managers uh, coming up with um, uh, ESG funds, etc. So so you know these are all positive developments. But I think to me this is just the beginning. We, we we're at the takeoff stage. Uh, we, we're just taking off now, and and obviously you know. I, I think sky is the limit, really, as they say. You are absolutely right when you talk about there's a lot of awareness, there's a lot of discussion. We are also seeing a lot of new products. At the end of the day, this sustainability finance industry or impact finance, whatever you want to call it, is a multi-trillion dollar um, sector. Um, but when it comes to Islamic sustainability, it's just a fraction of that. Do you think we are moving fast enough to catch up with the developments? And also in your experience, which markets are leading this Islamic sustainability movement? So Wanita, I think I think it's a journey, right? So you have to look at it from the perspective that it's a journey. And in my opinion, you know, you can say different countries are at different stages of the evolution. Um, so I would say Malaysia is clearly uh, ahead at the moment, at least. It's clearly ahead. Um, I, I mean, I'm personally uh, a big fan of the VBI 
initiative of bank nigara a value based intermediation as they as they call it mm-hmm. um and we we as standard chartered sadik we're we're very very active member of um, this initiative from our, our our malaysian franchise there um it, it to me it's a holistic approach you know it it's a holistic approach which aims to embed sustainability in the very dna of the organization and that is really what is required right it's not a event driven thing that you know you go and attend a sustainability seminar no this is it has to be embedded in the dna of the organization and what i like about vbi is that it's 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 not enforced from the top rather the way they rolled it out was that it was championed as a voluntary initiative by the industry for the industry and and that's really the 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 great thing about it now if you come closer to home for us you know we're here in dubai um and of course uae um you know was the first country in the middle east to announce their net net zero ambition which is great uh followed by saudi arabia and and you must acknowledge that it's not easy for these countries i mean countries which are you know some of the largest oil producing countries in the world to go net zero you know because you they, they have to invest much more and they have to make much more efforts as compared to other countries um you have egypt hosting uh, you know the next uh, the, the cop 27 and followed by abu dhabi so there's a lot of commitment on the climate agenda the broader climate agenda we have seen uh, sri and esg sukooks being done by a number number of governments um or government owned or government linked entities uh if you look at pakistan you know state bank of pakistan has has been very active in this space they've been pushing the thought leadership agenda they've they've announced various initiatives for example they have this uh, uh subsidized financing program for renewable energy projects so they route it through the banks the banks come and front the transaction and then the central bank kind of gives them a subsidy against that so you know i would say all countries are 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 active and uh, you know they're active in some shape and form so this is this is heading in the right direction i'm curious to know what products are available specifically when it comes to product development are we seeing any innovation in this space and when it comes to structuring islamic esg instruments what are the challenges and considerations that we need to take note of okay so you know as we discussed uh, this space is just starting to develop now so as i said you know we're in the takeoff stage mm-hmm. as as an industry so um i'm expecting a lot of innovation to happen to come um i think i guess everyone is trying to find their niche right everyone is looking for you know what's the space that we want to play in and they're all trying to develop products and propositions that can address the broader the broader sustainability or the climate agenda so i mean like to give you an example at standard chartered sadik um we have rolled out a program to facilitate adoption of renewable energies by our small and medium enterprise clients smes um this is in malaysia we started this um uh, in the social finance space uh, we have leveraged the concept of sadaqa and waqf um and roll out this sadaqa account in bangladesh this is a very very interesting proposition where you know what we are saying is this is a savings proposition uh, our customers can come and place their deposits with us 
and the profits, the return that gets generated on these accounts, that will be paid out in charity, uh, which is a charity of the customer's choice. So it's like a menu. The customer can select which charity, you know, they want to put money in education. They want to put money in women empowerment, et cetera. They've got different avenues and, and the profits will, 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 will get kind of uh, uh, placed there. Um, similarly, we're in the process of rolling out green mortgages uh, across multiple markets. So, so a lot of different initiatives um, are running uh, at the moment. In terms of challenges, I would say they, there is a need for more awareness. Okay, so um, the amount of resources that we see going in this area in the developing countries and in, in creating awareness on these issues. Obviously, you know, there's no comparison, right? So we're a bit behind as uh, generally, you know, in, from a, in the geographies that we operate, but but this is just human behavior, right? To, to move away people from old ways of working, no matter how harmful they are, you need to do act, active messaging around this. So you need to do active messaging around this, um, you know, so everyone knows that, uh, for example, I mean, to give you an example, everyone knows tobacco is harmful to health, right? But you still need to go and print these messages on the packets of cigarettes that, you know, smoking is harmful to your health. You still need to go and remind people about that. You still need the messaging going, right? So it's the same issue here with climate change. We need to create more awareness around this. And that's how the take up will, will increase. Also, I would say, I think we need to have uniform standards. Um, mm -hmm. around reporting, around um, impact assessment. Uh, we don't want as an industry to run the risk of, you know, they call this greenwashing, right? Um, we don't want that. So, so there's more work that needs to be done in the governance space, I would say, right? This needs to be, there needs to be proper governance around this. And of course, you know, as we talked about earlier, we need more innovation. We need more and more innovation, new concepts, new products. So everyone has to come together. Sharia scholars, product developers, everyone has to come together and 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 uh, you know take this forward. Absolutely. And if we look extending beyond Islamic finance sector, we are look, talking about the multi-trillion-dollar halal economy, which also holds you know this vast potential and opportunity to embrace sustainability. How can Islamic trade or supply finance support the halal trade ecosystem? Good question. Yeah, you know, indeed, I, I, I would say there's so much in common. There's so much in common between these two industries, um, you know, Islamic finance and the halal sectors. You know, I, I say that they're branches of the same tree, right? So they, they share the same root. They've right. come from the same origin. But, but it is so unfortunate that you know there is little collaboration between these two sectors and i think it's a, it's a great opportunity for growth therefore therefore there is a you know a great upside in front of us so you know as the multi trillion dollar halal industry you know continues to grow in its own space and and and, and globalize i think it's 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 important that they harness the 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 socially responsible funding mechan mechanisms of Islamic finance and, and uh, strive to give a holistic halal solution to its faith conscious clients, right? That's what halal is for, right? It's for faith conscious clients and the faith conscious clients 
they would rather prefer a 360 degree solution. They, so if you're producing a halal product, then why finance it from haram sources? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, ideally, the funding should also be halal. So, I mean, that's why we talk about 360 degrees of halal. And and, and that's why we last year uh, launched this global proposition called Halal 360, which, uh, uh, which enables halal businesses across geographies to, to leverage, um, you know, our network. And, and, and we have to recognize that, uh, uh, you know, we were very proud to say that we are the largest international Islamic finance network. So, you know, you have a halal buyer in Asia looking for a halal supplier, let's say in Middle East or, or, or in Africa or, or vice versa. And, and, and this is where we can play an important role as Standard Chartered as an international bank playing on our network advantage. We can play an important role in connecting these opportunities. So, I mean, just to share, um, just last week, during the Halal Week at the Malaysia Pavilion in uh, at the World Expo 2020 in Dubai, uh, we have announced uh, a $100 million uh, Islamic finance program in collaboration with the Malaysian Halal Development uh, Corporation, HDC. Um, and this is to support uh, halal businesses across SCB's footprint. We we see this as a growth area, and um, we're committed to continue to invest, uh, you know, time, energy, resources in developing this space. Fantastic. Also, since you are a financial institution, um, and you mentioned earlier that one of the challenges that faces this uh, sector is awareness. What are the obstacles or hurdles are faced by Islamic financial institutions when it comes to pushing for this Islamic sustainability agenda? And is there any regulatory support that you are seeing in this space? Good, good, good question, uh, Winita. So as I as I said earlier, right, awareness is one challenge. Uh, we already talked about it. Um, we need more innovation. So that's second to me. Uh, so you know, the idea is we need to develop alternate solutions that are viable, right? Because clients have needs. So if we can facilitate their transition to, you know, for example, cleaner energy options, cleaner supply chains, um, help them lower their carbon footprint, et cetera. So, you know, this is where what they call as climate finance comes into the picture, or rather, you know, I will call it Islamic climate finance. You know, Islamic climate finance can come into the picture. Um, so, so you know, we need more innovation. We need more solutions in this space. And this is an open field, you know, so all, for all banks, all partners to come in and, and play their role. Uh, another challenge in my view, I think, which I want to highlight is um, human capital, right? So, so the readiness of human capital. So how do we get staff, in Islamic banks to be equipped with the right knowledge? How do we how do we create a future ready workforce as they say, right? So um, we need our training and our learning institutions, universities, et cetera, to, to focus in this area um, because this is the future of finance. So w- w- they need to help develop the next generation of Islamic bankers uh, who understand the dynamics of sustainable finance, 
who understand climate change, you know, net zero, carbon footprint, social finance, inclusion. So they need to be fully up to speed with these concepts and, and, and not just knowing them, but also owning these concepts, also championing these concepts, you know, the, the, so that the next generation of uh, uh, leaders in Islamic finance, uh, they're those which are more passionate uh, about this topic. And that's where, you know, you would uh, see real change coming. You talked a lot about halal SMEs, you know, institutional financing. Also, a trend that we are witnessing is wealth management. Is Sharia ESG wealth an area that you expect um, to grow in the coming years? Absolutely. So, so definitely, we see, uh, you know, um, you know, so, 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 so sustainable investing, you know, has emerged as one of the biggest trends in in, in finance and. Uh, um, you know, global investors are increasingly uh, they're they're driven by environmental, social, governance, you know, related factors. They're looking for these things, right? And 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 as we said, they they these things naturally complement. Uh, you know, they're naturally complement to Sharia principles um, on 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 social and sustainable investing. So, um, you know, today uh, there's a lot of um, you know innovation in the ESG wealth space that's uh, picking up. If you look at the, you know, with the rise of the fintech investment platforms, for example, um, you know, this space is relatively new, but with the rising client demand, um, I think there's a huge opportunity to develop and offer uh, innovative products in this space uh, and products that could appeal um, to the rapidly growing number of uh, Sharia compliant and conscientious investors. So it's not just about you know, Sharia compliant invents, investors, but you see a lot of uh, clients who otherwise do not have faith-related uh, 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 needs, but they are conscientious investors who are looking for these, um, uh, you know, um, solutions. So that definitely, there's a lot of growth in this space. Talking about developing new innovative offerings, what about Sanjay um, Sadiq? You know, next year, can we expect new? Um, new Islamic ESG initiatives or any new products? Uh, no, absolutely. So as I as I mentioned earlier, obviously this is a very um, you know it's a, it's a big focus area. It's mm-hmm. a big focus area for us. It's a key key priority uh, for us, and we are investing uh, you know resources in different areas such as you know new product development, in creating awareness um, both internally and externally. Yeah, um, because because Standard Chartered, the the larger mother entity at the bank, uh, you know, has done huge amount of work in this space. So we're looking at you know how can we provide advisory and advocacy within the Islamic finance industry? How can we become the champion within the Islamic finance industry and channel some of the great work that the mother bank is 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 doing? and help uh, the broader Islamic finance industry uh, uh, come up the curve. So yeah, a lot of work is happening. I already talked about, uh, you know, green mortgages, um, uh, you know, for example. So in multiple markets, we've had feedback from the clients that they're looking for, you know, uh, financing for clean energy solutions for their houses, right? So we're trying to package these and more bundle them with a, with, with a mortgage product, uh, and we've partnered up with a number of firms 
which are providing these you know solar energy solutions etc i talked about the sme financing proposition that we launched in malaysia and 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 also i want to spend some time on the social finance piece i think this is really a huge uh, area um you know in islamic finance and in terms of potential um so is also so i think we're just scratching the surface right now so if you talk about wakaf if you talk about sadqa if you talk about zaka you know there is you know by some est- estimates 500 and some by some estimate more than that billion dollar uh, that changes hands every year right so muslim uh, individuals corporations governments giving out funds to support others in the society you know so idb estimate is 500 billion dollars that's a lot of money that's a lot of money so that's changing hands every year in our countries in our markets going from a donor to uh, you know i call them aggregator so you got these big foundations or charity organizations which aggregate these funds and then to the recipient at the very end of the food chain right so if you look at the 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 overall uh, ecosystem the charity ecosystem as we call it i think there is immense potential and possibility for islamic finance to play a role at each stage of uh, uh, this this process i mean i can i can sit here and talk uh, <laughs> you know for hours on the subject really i'm very very passionate about this and we're doing a lot of things so as i i i mentioned this product that we launched in bangladesh earlier this year a couple yeah. of months back i would say and now we're looking to scale it we're looking to scale similar initiatives uh, are in pipeline for pakistan for malaysia some of the other markets so that's really uh, you know a, a, a big growth area for us and that's just so great to hear i mean it sounds like from our conversation today that the outlook is positive there's a lot of potential different growth areas and we're excited to see what standard chartered would bring to the table um in the coming months and coming years of course um thank you so much for joining us today it was indeed a pleasure thank you thank you so much vinita really really uh, you know um thank you for for having me here today thank you for listening for more discussions on the islamic finance industry log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com you can also listen to ifn podcast on your favorite platforms including itunes and spotify